0: Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of The First Exchange. A great episode uh, up for you today. Um, We have Shawnee B. Um, you might not recognise Shawnee B's name but you'll definitely recognise his business name he's the mastermind behind all of the Cut and Sew Barbershops Um, so if you're in Temple Bar if you're out in Dundrum um, you'll definitely know him he has created this sort of really cool barbershop experience which I don't get to experience because I'm not a dude but what I'm told is um, you know it's a really great experience the same way that when when women go to a hairdresser you know you get that glass of champagne and you're you're buying into an experience You, you go in feeling one way and you leave feeling Absolutely amazing. Um, so we got Shaunie in to talk about um, building the business. Um, you know his hopes for the business, um, starting out, where he wants to go. Um, and then we spoke about mental health, and we spoke about you know how important his job is to him, about how it's about giving back, and it's not just about barbering. There's a little bit more to it. And then we also spoke about his next venture, which is public speaking. Um, so he's got a new event about um, here's what I know. So it's about all he knows being able to give back to to you guys and and to anyone who shows up to the event so hope you enjoy the 11th episode of the first exchange um and as always follow us on instagram subscribe to us on itunes on spotify um and let us know who you want to hear on the podcast going forward this is shawnee b for episode 11 of the first exchange episode 11 shawnee b what's up
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Thank you so much for coming in. Finally, you stood me up two weeks ago, so it was good to get you in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry about that. It was uh, my clients came first before this amazing social podcast thing yes, that you're doing so yeah. I'm intrigued and delighted to be I moved clients around today just thank to make so it happen much. thank you so
0: much thank you I'm really really grateful so thank you very much but for our our listeners I always say viewers I'm so same viewers if I connect to you but our listeners that don't know much about you you are the mastermind behind Cut and Sew Barbers a, a, <laughs> and a list of other things but let's start with Cut and Sew Barbers um, and you just told me you just reminded me actually that I'd done like one of my first interviews in the basement of Cut and Sew with Dylan Took yeah. who was an MMA fighter
1: Maybe five years ago. So
0: Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, a long
1: time ago. So I haven't done many podcasts or I've actually only done one. Yeah. And I really am vibing off them.
0: Yes, So
1: they're good. They're a good way to not stay up all night and watch crap things on Netflix like I do every other night. Yes. So I've started to, I've never gone on to the whole Joe Rogan thing. But obviously, I think it's better that more people homegrown are doing them. Yeah. People who you know or you want to get to know, but you're too afraid to say hello to them when you see them. Or, yeah. you know, you see characters around Dublin. And you're like, you know, you chat to them on Instagram. And I hate mm. not speaking to somebody if I've met them or followed them on Instagram. I want to yes. get that out of the way. Yeah. So this is daddy to do it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat and maybe getting to know a little bit about each other I suppose
0: yeah 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 yeah. well it's about you It's not much to know about me
1: <laughs> I see <laughs> it all way, on Instagram you're anyway. way
0: more important than I am and ah. way more interesting than I am absolutely Love but me. tell <laughs> you
1: more <laughs> I need an ego boost I'm not being able to
0: <laughs> no but listen it was really important because obviously with the podcast the whole kind of aim is to, to do what you say you know it's to give a, a platform to people who are doing stuff in our community or who are doing deadly things creatives whatever it might be and give them a chance to come kind of tell their story and, and tell, you know, our listeners about them and, and maybe inspire our listeners to kind of go on and chase their dreams or to be proactive in their lives, I yeah. suppose. And arguably, you know, Cut and Sew, if you live in Dublin, you know Cut and Sew. I mean, it's just such a staple in, like, even meeting points. I'll meet you outside Cut and Sew on the Keys. I'll meet yeah. you outside wherever you're, you're, the locations are. How how does it go from you know like what's your background? Like, were you a barber because you still barber? It's your yeah. your trade, right? Yes. Yeah,
1: so I used to be a female hair female hairdresser, not a female. <laughs> <laughs> I was a ladies' hairdresser. This is
0: very on trend for right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, so I used to I actually was a carpenter for two years, and that didn't work out, and I lost the apprenticeship maybe fourteen years ago. And a friend of mine was a, a hairdresser in Tony and Guy, and he was like, "This is a great job." It's not hard work at all. Yeah. And it's a cool setup. You'll really enjoy it. And I was like, but I don't like cutting hair at all. Why would I like to to work there? And he's like, It's not about cutting hair. It's just about the vibe and the social aspect. Yeah. So I think I'm a pretty bubbly person. And I was like, This is okay. So I went in and got a haircut. I was like, this is fucking gas. Like they're all you know, um am I allowed to swear?
0: Yeah, two charm. Oh, grand. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it only took like one minute.
0: We're off air, we're yeah. off air. <laughs>
1: but um so he was of like you'll really like it, it's social and I was like, I didn't have any other options. Yeah. I, I tried to get another apprenticeship as a carpenter, but the first two years of my apprenticeship uh, weren't accredited, so it was like it they weren't on paper. So I would have to start from day one again and I was so broken. Like mm-hmm. I left school at sixteen then did two kind of crappy jobs for two years um or a couple of crappy jobs for two years and then i got the apprenticeship and then i was 20 and i was just broken as a young man being like there's no work out there as a carpenter mm. and i was offered an apprenticeship like that with hairdressing because apparently in uh, in every recession that's happened people and uh, makeup and hair will always do well and it's because people obviously want to look good and feel good and it's not so much of a it's not so expensive that nobody can afford to get a haircut wow. or a little bit That's of makeup. very
0: interesting. And it's
1: actually being proven mm. that it's a fact. So it hasn't been affected by recession. So I was like, right, well, I give it a go. And I was going out with a girl at the time who worked in Peter Mark. And then she was a little bit, didn't like it because I was her boyfriend. I was, a, you know, a carpenter. Yeah, you kind of
0: gone into her territory.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Tony, guy which I thought was cooler, you know, yeah. she didn't like it. And so that didn't last too much longer. Yeah. <laughs> but I started off doing that. Which is now twelve years ago, and I just liked it. was It was about the people, actually. Yeah. And everyone was like, "He's a lovely lad," but he's like, um, "He's not the best hairdresser." Which <laughs> was the truth. I wasn't great, but I was good with people. Yeah. And I think so much of that job is about that. And mm. I wasn't fit for working in it on a building site, not talking to people all day, and you know, doing an conversion, and then. I enjoyed more the the talking to the customer. So if I was doing another conversion, I'd meet Mary or some, you know, lovely lady whose house you're working in. I ended up having a chat with her for my whole lunch, like, oh, that's great. No way. And it's funny how it worked out that when I did hairdressing, I blossomed with people and the the skill came later. And I did four years of that and qualified and then moved to a salon or two. But I noticed I was just starting to do more cuts than colour. I just wasn't creative. It was more a craftsman, you know. I was good with my hands, but I yes. couldn't visualize some amazing colors for yeah. for women and men. And I've five younger brothers, so I was practicing no at way. home without knowing. I wasn't doing a good job obviously at the start. <laughs> You're
0: butchering all your brothers.
1: Butchering the brothers <laughs> and um I kind of Felt like God. It just there was something not right. I was like, I don't really like doing women's hair, but it was good money. And I was doing nixers. I used to take the yeah. bus. I'm from Bray originally, well Dunleary originally, but then moved to Bray. But I have to get a dart from Dunleer or Bray out to like the north side to do uh, two full head of highlights on these mad yokes. Yeah. Like I remember just these two particular ladies from the country, <laughs> and they'd be locked on the wine on a tour yeah. day, and I charge them a hundred quid each, and then I'd be eating dinner and locked with them. And I'm like, this is a lot. Sounds
0: like a bleeding it, great it, job. It, so it was a
1: great job, but, it's just, but it was very social and like it was, um, I was like, I'm not the it. Then I was thinking, are they pissed? And like, I'm just doing their hair for cheap. And I, I was really unsure that I was good at the job, but it was just yeah. money I needed. And yeah. then the kind of shop I was in, I was like, you know, what? I can go one of two ways. And it's funnily enough, um, I seen something like Rob Lips had said that um, if your kind of side hustle is making it just as much or more than your actual main hustle or your main job mm. you can kind of give it a go so I was doing all these house calls and I was doing lads haircuts for twice as much as what they were paying in the barbershop mm. and I was like okay so my Wednesday evenings would be instead of going for a swim gym or points I would do haircuts at home in my mum's kitchen mm. and I was like I've just made 80 quid in two hours yeah. you know i was getting paid 80 quid a day so I kind of was like I can either Leave and kind of take a risk, or I can um, just continue to work in a job that's you know not really. I'm not mad about. Yeah. And that's what I did. And no, not many people know this, but I worked in the dingiest. It was a Chinese hair salon and braid, like somewhere that I was a bit like, because I worked in Tony and Guy, which is fancy and cool and high yeah. end. To like, I mean, seventy year old women coming in and Zimmer frames, yeah. like <laughs> asking <laughs> you for a shampoo. It was just mentally, I was a bit like, what am I doing? Yeah, with my life? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um I knew a guy that owned a record shop in town uh, and he was kind of it was post recession, he didn't know what he was doing with the space. It was a little bit dingy, it was kind of run down and he was like I think a lot of people post recession had spaces in town that yeah. you know, like your friends oh, I have a makeup bar here, but you can do blow dries or eyebrow tints in the back. Yeah. So the good thing I think with every recession is it's rent and, and spaces uh People don't have as much money, so you get creative. Mm. And I was like, God, I kind of know someone with a record space. I wonder would he let me just put a chair in and a mirror and I'll clean and paint the place for free. And I think he was happy to do yeah. that. So he said, um, okay, I approached him just because it was kind of in and out there in town. I was passing through town doing nixers all the time going back home. And, he and this was, is
0: in Temple Bar, right? This, this is, is the in original Temp- one.
1: This is the original store, yeah. um, which I won't name the shop just for whatever reasons, yeah. but yeah, it's all yeah, good. Yeah. And um, when I was in, in the shop, I was helping out. And I'm I, that's, again, it comes back to here. So I think I was good with people. And I think he was like, "God, oh, this lad's quite nice. He's yeah. like really helpful. And I was great. And I was working for free in the record shop, mm. um, like selling customers records, paint, helping people, really, really high-end kind of customer service. But yeah. I think the lads were a bit like, whoa, like, that's not really done in in kind of cool record shops. They just yeah. sit there and say, "What's yeah,
0: up?" Yeah, you sit back and kind of throw a dirty look as you walk in. Yeah. What are you picking up? Yeah. and like yeah.
1: It's like they don't even want you there. A lot yeah. of shops kind of had that attitude for yeah. years when things were good, and I just have never. That was wasn't instilled in me. I was just like always oh, quite bubbly and friendly. As yeah. soon as I got working in a hair salon.
0: Yeah, what star sign are you? Capricorn. Oh, very interesting. <laughs>
1: You must mm. feel me and yeah. that.
0: Continue, we'll talk Continue. about it later. <laughs> um, so Shane there. is a Capricorn as well. All around me Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it the
1: sign of the sheep or the goat? It's a sea goat. A sea goat. It's
0: actually a sea goat. That's where the confusion lies. People think that it's a ram or a, it's a a goat. It's not a Billy goat. But an, an a a ram a goat is. <laughs> it could be a Billy goat. Is Aries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: someone said it's a sign of like someone that keeps chucking along and like never gives up I don't know yeah well you've
0: fought from extinction because there is no seagoats anymore oh good (laughs) so there you go but continue continue we'll talk star signs later
1: so um so in the shop I was kind of like I just I had nothing to kind of grasp onto and I think my personality is the key to my success which I think it is to a lot of people Mm. because I didn't finish school I'm not like business orientated as such Uh, And I don't come from money. So, by being nice, by kind of knowing somebody and he seeing, this lad's a good worker. He was helping me out for free. I painted his shop for free voluntarily. Now, he didn't ask me to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think I kind of grasped onto something. Like, I could see something that was potential. I was like, this space isn't getting used. Same way if we're in Shane's lovely studio. God, we can nearly get a wash basin over here. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> and we could do a PP class over here as well.
0: So you would vision, you were seeing. But I had you were a bit Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then he um, he basically was like, yeah, look, why not? What have I got to lose? I painted the basement of the shop and I cleaned it up as best I could. And, and truth be told, sorry, a guy previous to that, Josh Gordon, who's an amazing you know,
0: Josh. Dublin
1: yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't live for anymore. Yeah. But delighted, you know, he Josh. He's still in London, yeah. He's still in London, yeah. like, doing film. And he's done some huge campaigns, like, you know, working with CP Company and Reggie Snow and just yeah. Carhartt, I think, in advance. He's yeah. just done mad stuff. But he's a great lad. So he actually did a pop-up shop for a week for yeah. fucking Filthy, his clothes. That's right. And so, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. by being friends, I was like, this is mind-blowing. How do you get a T-shirt made? Yeah. And he actually helped me design the first cut-and-sew T-shirt. And all these people I knew it was all from Graffiti Days and In This Record Shop and yeah. The Spray Paint Shop. So then uh, the owner was like yeah why don't you just come in on a Saturday we'll see how it goes so we did a Saturday one week and I think it was like four haircuts so just the lads who would have text me coming from you know maybe I don't know the north, the north side excuse me of Dublin and I would meet them coming in on that I had four haircuts so it was maybe 15 quid a cut so 60 or I remember the first day and I was like pen and a notepad uh, just like whatever phone I had at the time this was six seven years ago nearly so would, it be, would was it an iPhone around seven years ago
0: yeah. Would it yeah, have been? Yeah. yeah so probably yeah, the yeah. very
1: first time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was though for some reason. But um well, I'd love to know a phone actually. That's actually, It
0: was a bleeding knock, yeah?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I had Slake on it. but So that's how it started. And then it was like, what do I call it? So I didn't really have a name at the start. Yeah. And uh every week I'd kind of have a notepad and a diary and just like a phone number. But there was... I don't even think we had a... I didn't have... I think I had Facebook or maybe Bebo at the end. It's so mm. hazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I initially started, then I was like, Instagram was a thing. And I remember seeing some some haircuts on it from these famous Dutch guys called Schorum or Schorum. I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. And they're like the world-famous barbers, but it's all old-fashioned and nice. cool tattoos. Mm. The, the, uh, the empty Jack Daniel bottles they use as as water sprays, excuse me.
0: Oh, Deadly. So that's.
1: They wear like the white overall jackets, and it was. I was a bit like, whoa, this is. It's kind of
0: like medicinal looking. It's like that old school, like. like
1: a doctor kind of setup, but with tattoos and twirly handlebar moustaches. Yeah. But I I was like, I don't like that style. I'm very casually dressed. Mm. I never get dappered up too much. And I seen these lads were very, like, you know, wearing brogues and like this. It's kind of 1920s, 30s, 40s era that they, they replicate. And I liked that. So then I was like, well, if I did a contemporary version of that, which is what we did, it was like we played. Like I'm into, I'm into all types of music, but hip hop, like house, disco, and techno. In this record store, if I played my music, and kind of wore the clothes I want in the space, I want it would attract the people that will kind of want to get the haircut from me. Yes. Like your regular young professional lads. Yeah. Like you know, I'm not blokey, blokey per se. Like I don't watch football. But yeah. I'm into boxing and MMA. Yeah. But I'll also watch Dirty Dancing.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Hell uh, yeah, great soundtrack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the space the space was pretty much um a mirror nailed to the wall and I always put up on my Instagram a picture of it and I I write down a message that says, Remember and what remember how much you've achieved and it's literally a mirror that I robbed from my mom's hallway Yeah. Um, and a kitchen chair that she didn't know I took because we never ate at the kitchen table. There was like six, but she didn't know if one was gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was just p- a painted a wall, a mirror and yeah. scissors on it. And I still have it in, in, in my office at home. And um, it's so mad to see it when w- what it was. It was co- it's not embarrassing because at the time I thought it was the best I could mm. do. I had no money. So I just painted with like leftover paint from somebody's house. Obviously, stole the equipment from my mom's house, like with the mirror, and then it was just—I think—I set the Instagram up, and it, it kind of blossomed. But there was yeah. the first three to six months, there was days where like one person would come in, mm. and if you try and sit in a basement with no lights or no natural light, it can break you. Yeah, but like nothing y- else yeah. to to do. And then I was—I was still working in this Chinese hair salon and braid just to keep money coming in, and yeah. I, I was kind of proud. I'd never—I don't—I feel if someone has to go on social welfare, they have to, and they don't want to be there. But I was like, I don't do, and I was getting, was getting to the point. I was like, I'm only covering, like giving my mum fifty quid a week to live, yeah. trying to run a, a business. But I didn't know what it was a business, and it was. I remember it being tough. It's so hazy because I haven't actually spoken in depth in a while. So this is good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think all of a sudden, like some, like a, a girl who I met in a salon, Rosemary McCabe. Do you yeah, know her? Yeah, know
0: Rosemary very well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She used to get her hair done in a salon I worked in in Queen. And she was at the Irish Times. She's done everything. Like,
0: yeah, she. When, well, when I met her, she was working for Stellar at the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. my best friend works for Stellar. And then when, when Katie got the job with Stellar, we got introduced to Rosemary and then just at different events and stuff like that. I met her, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's in the States now. She's, she's in America. She's in
1: the States. And then yeah. she was, I think, also a creative head director or what do you call it? A, uh, a, creative a, director. Yeah, creative director. Yeah. Um, and she did things and I remember her hearing the story and kind of, I think she came into me because people, a couple of people were like, oh, yeah, are you doing a barbershop down here? And people were intrigued. There was no real signage yet because I couldn't afford anything. Yeah. I actually did the very first sign by hand because I used to do graffiti by chalk and I have a picture if I scroll down far enough on Instagram, I must, it's so mad, I'm so baby faced in yeah. it. Yeah. But that you kind of have to get creative
0: in, yeah, in desperate times, and it, and it works to your advantage because people then think that you're kind of this kind of sort of aloof creative that <laughs> yeah. you've made this like little like you know the thing in the basement. And they're like, oh, we have to go check this, but they know that you're like literally like I didn't have a fucking pot to piss in. Yeah, like,
1: and when people came down, I remember them going like, what the fuck is this horrible off piss yellow <laughs> magnolia color <laughs> like that? Every mom had out like in delirium bread just for the kitchen. I was like, <laughs> yeah And so that didn't work, but every time I made money, I would better what I have. And is that an ethos that every Mm. shop I've done has done the same? If I've, you know, come in and done floors in one place and it didn't work, I would better them as soon as I had the money to do it.
0: There's a really good quote about that. And I can't remember what, do you know what it is, Shane? There's a quote about this. Maybe I read it in like a, a grow your business book or something, but that, true entrepreneurs are true people that are successful in business that when they get an income in they pay themselves but they also invest back into the company that like putting money that you your profit back into the company is where it's like most important
1: yeah like even like the mirrors and the gowns and the the baby powder and the gels like it was it was the cheapest, well, it wasn't the cheapest. It probably was the cheapest, but it was the most I could afford.
0: For it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then every time I did it and people were like, it was the personal, like the haircuts were crap. Like if I look at them now, but they were the best of my ability. And people mm. like were like, this is great, Sean, is a nice lad. It's hard to walk down a basement of a shopping temple Bar, as opposed to just going into any." Main Street, like shop, yeah, or like the Grafton Barbers, they're s- located everywhere. It's so much easier to go to them, yeah, and that's credit to them, lads. But um, for me, like a lad, it, it was an effort to go out of their way, go yeah. through a record shop with these kind of characters that are, you know, not kind of like not um, There some of them, lads, are lovely, but. There's a kind of stigma, it's a bit like it's like going to a a, a gig or a concert. People think if you go to an MMA thing, everyone's really like ready to fight and yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. same. So with, with graffiti and yeah hip hop culture. Yeah. People, if you ever go to the the Dublin Hip Hop show, everything's the lads are all just like just because they're from the north side. Yeah. Or, or like an an a access.
0: tattoo convention or something yeah. like that. But and they're no, like the the no, Yeah, of course, yeah.
1: but, but for like women because women were still coming to be the odd time who the Knicks, is not the two crazy women. <laughs> oh uh,
0: damn it! I was waiting yeah. for them to make an entrance back again. Yeah,
1: but the, um, <laughs> So the people were coming into the shop and I had to go down like twelve stairs and pop the head around the corner and just see what was I doing. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a lot of the time I was there was records down there and I would be listening to music, and I don't even think the laptop worked because there was no Wi-Fi. So I had a notepad and pa- notepad and pen and I was kind of writing down like little ideas and plans. And in between people coming in, I was upstairs working for free to to justify the space. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah. then it kind of after the first couple of months, I remember getting a day that I was overbooked. It was kind of a little moment. I was like, wow, I actually can't look after all these people because a woman came in with her two sons and people were like go yeah. into Sean, go into Sean. Fifteen quid means a lot to him. Yeah. And in those moments, yeah.
0: are you like? You know when that's happening at that time are you are you able to sit back and go shit it's happening like i can see it unfolding in front no. of my eyes or are you just like deadly like or how we're going to squeeze these people in like i'm gonna have to stay till 10 tonight you know yeah, what i mean like
1: you've no option and it's not like now we have a big luxury of um we work by appointments but we also do walk-ins yeah and uh, people are getting very complacent at the minute in my industry where like there's so much, so many barbers that kind of replicate what we did, and we definitely weren't the first. We were one of the first, mm. um, to do it in Dublin. I think one of the top two or three. I think I can only think of one other pair, one other place that did online bookings, and that was a place called the Butcher Barbers. Yeah, a guy Emmet who uh, had the slicker shop in the lane way between Grafton Street and I think it's Clarendon Street. Black subway tiles, neon. He had all the rugby lads, in there. it was a slick shop. Used to be, I think, a butcher's and it's beside all the really nice uh, jewelry shops, but that's no longer there anymore. That's right. Okay. But he was six years ago, like I was like, whoa, this is a contemporary mm. male barbershop. Yeah. And again, I was like, I was, didn't follow any barbers. I never got my hair cut in a barber shop, only the local ones in Bray and O'Leary. So at this time, I remember going like, it was, you know, friends are coming in. It was literally just painted walls. There was no, there was a record player, but you could hear the music from upstairs. So I didn't know what it was, but people thought it was real Berlin vibes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rustic,
1: there was like bikes and it was just loads of boxes of spray paint and old boxes of records in the shop. It was a storage unit that wasn't used, but Mm. people were like, this is cool. So back to Rosemary, she gave me a tiny mention in, like we're talking a column on the inside of the Saturday magazine in the Irish Times. And then I was getting, like, women, like, and 60-year-old ladies coming and saying, oh, Sean, also does ladies' haircuts and this. And then Le Cool was the magazine.
0: I remember it, yes, so, yeah.
1: So, um, was it Ciarán and Richard? God,
0: yeah. you're giving me the feels now. I'm remembering this whole yeah. time. Le Cool, yeah, yeah. And especially
1: so, yeah. for, if you're into media, I've done this. These yeah. were, like, crazy. Like, to do a print magazine years ago, and these lads, them, I had done... Again, I met the guys. I spray painted two covers for them years ago. But yeah, we won't go into the graffiti thing, but um, that's a whole other thing. And they were like, Wow, Sean is doing this. And they were, Can we do a mention? And then I had all these tiny little press articles which I still have somewhere in the office, Mm -hmm. like in a little plastic folder. That there was kind of something happening and building like it's this, it's the power of there was social media wasn't big then of print and this, yeah. And I then I was like, Right, okay, so then I had to, I bought new paint. I got these boxes kind of made. Or truth be told, I think they were Josh Gordon's. They were made for him to have seats in that space. I think I just repainted them. And then instead of getting the Chalk Cut and Sew logo, which was like terrible, like Eddie Rockets kind of like (laughs) 1930s (laughs) style design, Art Deco kind of vibes. I kind of, Josh got me um, in touch with someone to do the first Cut and Sew t-shirt. And I was like, whoa. And then I had a new logo. So then I think that then with the Instagram was like, What the heck is going on here? Mm. And that was the first few months. In maybe nine months, we'd rebranded, become very busy, had press and built the clientele. And then it kind of moved upstairs Mm. to the shop. And then the owner of the shop seen the success of this and he invested. He basically built me a space upstairs at the back of the shop. And kind of set the tone for like subway tiles, mirrors, nice chairs. And then mm. that's it, just took off then. And that's when I got to meet like so many good, yeah. influential Dublin
0: characters. You yeah. Know? Cause you, I mean, you're so connected in terms of like, you know, creative people and stuff. Cause obviously everyone needs their haircut, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's good. It's such, and I think I remember when I first heard about uh, cut and sew and like, you know, this sort of. Um, like experience that I suppose that all these guys that were getting to have and it was kind of the thing of like fuck like can yeah. I go in there and have a beer or like you know sit down and I used to say to all the lads I'll go with you and you are get your head and they are like no you're not coming in like I'll meet you after but now I want to go in and see on so you know that's obviously why I, I chose to do the interview down there but um, I'm wondering you know like when this is all going on and you're building and you're working in it you know something that I kind of struggle with um, is being in my business right so yeah. doing the business doing the work yeah and not having enough time to sit back and plan for the future like building the business and growing that's why someone like you is like you know not only very inspirational but also impressive that you manage to work consistently in this but then it grow and grow organically and to have like a really good brand at the end of the day
1: yeah, so I, I think I I do follow a couple of the well it nothing cheesy. If you get inspired by a feckin' pigeon walking down the road, yes. great. And if you get inspired by quotes that you see on Instagram, great. I don't inspiration comes in many forms and the maddest thing for me is it's kind of people and people around me do inspire me. And all from my background, uh, kind of the closest people on on my friend list. I only know really five people properly. Mm. But, you know, it's like I have very few friends, but I know loads of people. Yes. And same with most people. I'm sure it's the same in, with yourself. But for me, the people around me kind of inspire me. And all the people I met were kind of through the days when I did graffiti yeah. and that kind of time. And it was funny that when I talk about the five people on my hands, four of them did graffiti. And I know the fifth one from someone in that circle. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I think I don't really, I've kind of gone off track there a bit, but. Was the question going kind to of like, what? No, not, not what inspired me. How do I stay within the business and yeah, like continue how, to grow it? How do you
0: grow a business while being in it and doing the work? Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. my my schedule is so full that like at the end of the week, I'm like, OK, now how do I find time to do like, you know, a new business plan or get some new goals? Or, you know, I, I obviously throughout the week. I'm like, oh, that will be really good. Or that's a really good person to get on the podcast or fill them there. But in terms of like really, you know, growing a business as in like, you know, making a living oh, yeah. off okay. it. You know what I mean? Okay, and like yeah, the, the, so. the boring technical stuff that like, you know. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's oh, So now I get, yes, I'm not used to a lot of this media obligations as <laughs> I like to shout about online. People think I'm going into like BBC radio.
0: But
1: <laughs> this is my BBC radio. No, no offense.
0: Highly important <laughs> podcast, uh, Sean, I'll have you know. But it's,
1: <laughs> But for me, it's like I don't to grow your brand. You have to do things that nobody else can do. So yes. Like today, I had to move two clients over. Now, I had space, so I did the two clients earlier. So, my lunch is now doing this, which is great. So, I had a banana and a coffee, and yes. this is a buzz to me.
0: Yeah,
1: I can't send any of the other staff that we have, and we've now like 20 staff. So, mm. I'm trying. And how
0: many, how many, how many barbershops? So,
1: we've three shops, I and mean. um, we had a fourth which which failed. And not due to my part, it was a bad decision I made. Well, it is, it is supposed my part, but I had a business partner who's now no longer with us he was under financial strain and mm. it was crazy and it's it's real sad to see someone go down that well, way of course, yeah. but i learned more than i lost and i love that saying i was like yes. oh, i learned so much opening another store with somebody as a business mm. partner but
0: even having the strength to say that failed that's very hard for a lot of people yeah. to do. And a lot of people uh, will try and shy away from telling anyone, never mind on a podcast, no, that they failed. failed miserably, yeah. well, I, I say it all the time. I failed at m- much more things than I've succeeded at in life. Yeah. And it's your attitude, isn't it? It's how you, you know, you're never going to be successful if every failure sets you back or yeah. really does affect you, I suppose.
1: Even again with the kind of cheesy Instagram quotes, like it's um I think it was a Michael Jordan one where he's like, Nobody remembers the twenty six shots he missed for important wins, the four hundred and seventy games he lost. They yeah. just remember Michael Jordan as the champ champ, the best ever, the best ever. Or that's McGregor the champ champ. <laughs> but the champion, champion, champion. Yeah. And they're like, um in, they don't see that, but I'm very um, transparent with people, and I do try. I'm one of the, I think one of the very few people in Dublin or in Ireland as a barber that shares. I actually do ask me anything about an honest and open mm. side of running the business. So much so, I'm doing a, my first solo talk to a very well, intimate. Thing, yeah, this and is,
0: but you've done a talk already, though, didn't? Did you do something or a part of?
1: Yeah, it's it's I did. Um, I've done a couple of talks with, um, just not before I go off, because you know me, I'll go <laughs> off. Um,
0: what is this talk?
1: The talk is, uh, and it's a, it's what I learned. I left school early. Here's what I learned. Yes. And it's going to be an honest and open, maybe a half an hour chat with me. And there's only like a couple of tickets in one of our stores. We might move the venue out of the shop. I know plenty of nice place in town. And I want to try and share and help as many people, mm-hmm. either wanting to get into the industry, in the industry, or someone, you know, that's just maybe looking for some inspiration. But yeah. the an open, honest way of, here's what I did. This didn't work. Mm. This did work. This works for me. And help people. Because I kind of get more of an enjoyment out of looking after people or helping.
0: Well, this was my question. It was like, why would you do that? You know, you're running a successful business. You've got loads of staff. You mm. know, you're, you're, you've got a busy social life, busy schedule. Why would you take this next step into sharing Relaying your knowledge or or trying to help people
1: so so i did a talk i did the, i did one it was the aib startup for kids thing in the rds and i was crapping myself i did yeah. i was on a panel which i didn't mind because i don't like it's funny that i like the know in some ways but i don't like I, i'm it's kind of funny i'm kind of shy actually yeah but I like the royalty, but I'm shy. So I, I struggle. Like I can be yeah. like, I can get a bit jittery or I can kind of lose focus on what I'm talking about. Or I can like sweat profusely. So yeah. I was in the RDS. <laughs> I was like 200 kids just looking at me like this. Yeah. And I was like, my palms were like sweaty. I thought I was going to get sick. And when I was there giving the talk, I was like, wow, I got a mad feeling of helping and like encouraging people. And two people come up to me after two kids like, I want to be a barber like you. Mm. And it kind of gave me a little spark to do more talks and podcasts. Yeah. And I felt like when I shared more, more success came my way.
0: Yes,
1: I really did. Like there was like, like opportunities came, and they were like that was so honest. And then after that, I got approached by Jamie White, who runs the University of Life, and he was like, he runs um, the Start Summit, which was in Dublin Castle. Mm. And he's like, we want you to go onto the main stage. Deadly. Here's what I learned was this kind of topic, and I'm like okay I'm the only one in my industry and the main stage like 500 people this time mm. and I wore a dangerous one focus hoodie and I brought a guy with me to film like because I was taught this was a mad moment yeah brought my mom my auntie and it was I got like I got even more nervous this time I was like I need to keep on doing it yes I was like um I, I did better I think than the first one and then when I was there, there was more people from my industry had bought tickets. And then it, there was like maybe six people afterwards that were like, can I ask you, how do you do this and how much, how do you hire staff? And it was funny that when I gave out more and more came and then I got another, oppor- excuse, another opportunity now to do a solo thing. Someone approached me and like, look, we think you've got a great story to tell. Yeah, I guarantee we could market you as an entrepreneur. And I don't want to be a product. I just want to do something that nobody in my industry has done mm. as many times as I can. Yeah, and they were two big ones that nobody has done, and nobody has done one in Ireland like this. Yeah, even if ten people come, I'd be blown away by that.
0: Yeah, what's your idea of success?
1: Um, I think I think I, I never like well, I I have a very good life. Like I'm not rich by any mm. means, but like I live in town. I don't own a house. I don't drive. I don't own a Rolex. Like yeah. I think my lifestyle is my like is my wealth. Yeah, like. I can eat out any day, as many times a day as I <laughs> want. Um, I can take two or three nice holidays a year and I'm happy. Like yeah. My mental state is so important. I yeah. see guys, as we said, out a business partner that things weren't too well mm-hmm. with and financial strain. And this has been the fi- the hardest year of my career financially and mentally and personally, actually. It's kind of funny. It's all come. And I just think if I wasn't in the job that I'd like doing or doing something that I like, you know, and Suicide Prevention Week, or was it, you know... National know, Suicide Prevention
0: Day, Day was... Day, two, two days, days ago, ago. Yeah.
1: And I was like, God, I'm very fortunate to be in a state where I can come mm. down, have a nice chat with someone like yourself, yeah. or be correct. Like, I get a buzz out of just meeting people and then I'm going yes. back and I'm fully booked today. I think I have one space. But every person that's in there is supporting me. And I don't know, I make them feel better. Mm. So my job is to make someone feel better in 30 minutes and look better. And I get, like, a buzz off each call. Yeah. So it's instant gratification. If I show someone their haircut, they're like, this is deadly. And then I'm like, right, that's that's a little buzz for me. Absolutely. I've made at least a couple of people all day look mm. good or feel good about themselves.
0: What I'm trying to kind of, I suppose, dig into is that there's so many people, as you say, in your industry that are doing what you do. Um, there's so many people that are successful for whatever reason, whether they're like this creative genius when it comes to a cut or they have like, you know, branding down to a T or whatever it is. But there's obviously something in the experience that your clients get when they go to you or whether they go into one of your barbershops and you're obviously instilling a certain type of way to be when you go in there because obviously people are you're you're leading by example so the guys that you have in the shop it's it's always been known that like you know oh it's cool all the lads that's so and so from cutting so or you yeah. know it's always a head that you know when you're in for a few points or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean so it, it's obviously something that filters down from you know the from from the top down to the the bottom, but I'm wondering where your your I suppose your em, your empathy comes from, or your sort of like you know compassion, because it is empathy and compassion that you're like saying that you want to give something back to someone, or you want to make them feel good about the experience that they're buying into. I'm wondering where that whole that comes from.
1: So I think I think from the hairdressing side of things, you. You kind of have a consultation. You know yourself. Obviously, yeah. being a woman, the hairdressing experience when you go in, it's kind it's kind of professional. How are you doing? And mm-hmm. they know you by name and they greet you at the door. Would you like a tea or a coffee? And then they give the service or do the service. And they're like, this was really nice. Yeah. But in the barber shop culture, that was never there. Mm. So I think the reason why Cut and Sew went and did so well was I used the hairdressing side of things and I had no experience in barbering. So I would say... Whether it was a, a guy or a girl coming in, greet them by name because obviously they would text, and it's something that I'd tell all the staff: you should know the client's name before they come in because obviously we yeah. have a booking system, and it makes them feel welcome and comfortable. Mm, yeah. So if Mary came in or John came in, I'd be like, "Yeah, Mary, John, likes to meet you. Can you get? Would you like a water or a beer?" It's like a gesture. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're like, whoa, this." It was kind of a little bit revolutionary in yeah. Dublin, which is mad because it's been done for years mm. in America and yeah. some parts of Europe. And then it's just up to you to be a nice person and to do your job. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, I think my job is, is easy. It's dealing with the people, excuse me, is the hard thing. Yeah. In anything.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think
1: from the top down, it's what I used to do was make sure you talk to the client, eye contact, handshake, and do, do the best of your ability. Like as I said, everything I did was to the best of my mm. ability, even if I look back now and go, that was crap. Yeah. And I don't know, I've, I'm kind of proud. So if somebody comes into the shop or ahead or someone, I kind of... I like them to feel like they're totally welcome because mm. I remember the days when they had to walk in and come down, a, you know, a bit of a, I don't no, I don't want to say it's a rough, uh, like the record shop, but it can be an intimidating scenario to yeah, of course yeah. bikes and boxes of record. It was an effort. But mm. now we're located quite primely like Wellington Key, Dundrum Main Street, Lord Edward Street, and now they can just walk in and yeah. it's the atmosphere i even instilled from when they had to come in and give a handshake. So. It was pretty yeah I think that's what I like about what we do now. It hasn't changed. nothing I've done. I just tried to do it better.
0: yeah, you know you have um, a big kind of stance or you're you're always very vocal on your social media about mental health and about you know you know being open, I suppose, and being yeah. honest. Where does that come from? Is that from personal experience or or why is it important for you to to get that out there? I suppose?
1: um I had two people. Two, three people last year, very close to me, all males, all suicidal. um, One, two attempts and one kind of threatening and a bit of like mental health issues. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I was like, whoa, that's what I said. Mentally, like a lot of people don't notice and people hide it. And they think there's a bravado, like everything's good and I'm happy and good. And everything on social media is real and honest. And I try and put up with the very few followers I have. To, like, be real and say, if you're not feeling good, come in and get a haircut. And it's something yep. I wanted, I, I would love to do is, like, I was going to try and do, um, like, a sticker and try and set up, like, a form where it's, like, open up. I just had an idea where at every barber station we have in the shop, it says, open up, and it's, like, a little text number. So it just goes to a random person. It was going to be me, right, but it may yeah. but I can still do it, but it would I would try and get it into motion. The flat was sitting there for half an hour, and it just as a sticker, it says, open up and we have 500 lads probably between the three shops every week times 52 weeks a year that's like t- like thousands of men mm. coming into the shop that mightn't have someone as close mm-hmm. as I do like friends brothers or the people on my hands to talk to that if they could just not remember a number like it was like 55555 they could mm. just text and say yeah. hey what's this or you know I've, my head's doing my head's yeah. erect so when I come in to work each day some days it's a mental battle for me I don't want to be there but with what's going on personally you kind of have to try and i don't know i think you have to try and just put on a brave face but when i'm in work no matter how bad i feel outside i can't, i do feel better after a hard yes. day's mm-hmm. white graft you know
0: yeah no it's really important and that's a really good idea and i've done so many like you know um i was recently asked uh uh it's like for families of of um uh, people who've lost people to drugs so it's a kind yeah. of a grieving thing right so we've done this thing Croke Park and it was sort of like sit around a table and think about ideas of how we can help people go forward and one thing that like that what I said was that a lot of the support services you know whether it's therapy counseling, whatever they close the doors at five o'clock what's what's the most is it Pieda
1: House is that for suicide
0: Pieda House is suicide and then there is um, suicide or survive which is a really good um, uh, do you say charity yeah it's a charity yeah that I actually used um, last year one of the kids that was in her gym her um, friend had committed suicide and I didn't know how to deal with how she what she was going through okay so she was coming to me saying like you know wh- how, I, how do I feel better and I was like I don't know you know what I mean yeah. like I was like and I lost a friend to suicide 15 years ago and even though I've experienced it I still was so preoccupied with right, what is the right thing to say you don't want to say the wrong yeah, thing to a 14 year old do you know what I mean and then it's my fault that's you know so I rang them so they're really good for not only if you have a family member or you've lost someone for suicide but also looking for advice on what to do so it's it's something that is like really important and i definitely appreciate it when i saw that you were so you know heavily vocal about it it's really important
1: yeah the open up thing if that was that was just an idea in the head i think it could do well i always want to do something for a charity and i i know it's not i think the guys in a, in the ink factory do a great job that's why i think i've seen it from pa the house yeah the um i can't think of the they're one of the owners name but I think his brother he lost his brother to suicide and I thought it was a really really amazing kind of campaign and now for it and they raised a lot of money and credit to the lads they've they've blossomed and this is the thing a lot of people and in, in they try not to mention other barbershop names or they try and belittle them and you know put them down I'm like I want everyone to, to do well and be yeah. successful so much so that when I see other people do good I'm like that's brilliant mm. and I'm I could have like I wanted to do that and I just don't know how to do it but you know, I help in my own little way. But I remember I was like, I think they raised like 15,000 at the last event. Wow. For PA, the house I think. I hope that's right. Mm. And I was like, and they they said the phones are literally like hopping all day. So it, that's why someone said to me, if you're going to do a charity, do something that's close to home. Yeah. And, you know, and so I'll have to look into that because it's kind of ignorant that I don't know if that's 100% it. But I will yeah. really look no, into it. No, that's
0: really cool. daddy. When you think about your kind of place in the future, what what are your kind of hopes or what are your, your dreams or goals for yourself? Um,
1: So what? It's kind of funny. I'm 32 now. Um,
0: God, you're old.
1: I know, I've am i actually got good. hair. Says
0: the 35-year-old across the table from you. (laughs) Um,
1: I don't really, I have a little bit of a plan. There was talks of London, there was talks of of a shop in New York, but I don't know if it actually Mm. works. There's numerous hip, cool barbershops that do whiskeys and beers all over the world now. So I think I'm going to try and, um, you know, do what I've always done, just keep, the, t- the crew happy keep maybe expanding if people wanted to be I don't think I'd franchise I've been offered but my my thoughts have changed on franchising if something's good why not have it everywhere but I yes. kind of like that we're quite special and yeah. cutting saw was like a staple in the Irish and European barber community like you know we're at the top of our game yeah, and it's only absolutely. getting better so I think just look after what we have for the next year or two because mm. it's been the hardest year mentally financially and physically first, like I, yeah. you know, so if I can just continue to, to keep on top of all that, maybe you have to be like an area manager and yeah. not, and not <laughs> cut as much, yeah. but I like cutting hair. So maybe just look after what I have and um, keep on continuing to spread the message of looking after people. And that's, I'm not in the hair cutting industry. I'm in like the looking after people industry. That's what yeah. I truly think. Yeah. So maybe just more of that. And it's
0: Brilliant. To, to it's interesting. Happy. I asked you that and then you meant like you're answering everything about work. So it's all work related. Oh,
1: okay. For, for me personally. I'm
0: analyzing you right oh. now. Well,
1: this is good. See, I learned something about myself. God, what well I booked a holiday for myself. You
0: did. You said last like night you booked a holiday. Where are you going in January? But that it's interesting because some people say that to me as well. Like, what are like what are your aspirations? Or I'm doing an event uh, at the end of the month and one of the things the guy who's emceeing it was like, what are your
1: and it was goals related. and
0: dreams, MC and i I was like, "What I want to do this? I want to do that." And, <laughs> like, and then I sat back and I was like and also have a lovely social life you know like it was it was all about work so it's interesting where oh, everyone's minds are at yeah yeah well so you know
1: I'm doing how many episodes now is this
0: well this is 11, 11 but yeah. like in terms of interviewing oh. people it's like 5 years so I, I actually think I might hold the like big the like largest amount of people interviewed in combat sports in Ireland definitely
1: oh well 100% Andrew McGann
0: is not, he doesn't have a patch on me yeah I don't
1: know who that is as well, but definitely <laughs> yeah. not there's no Lydia no but
0: right. uh yes yeah. so so like I'm, I'm it's turned into a thing that that's why I loved in the podcast so much because you get to like delve into people's brains a little bit yeah. more you know um but w- in terms of like personally what are your what are your hopes and dreams like at the end like on your final gasp of air on this wonderful journey like what what are, what what do you are your hopes for yourself it's
1: like you know my real thing is like I come from a big family I'd love to meet someone to you know again yeah I've just yeah I've been single like two years I'd love to meet somebody and are all your
0: family's uh, it's all brothers that you have
1: so I'm the eldest and the younger guys are starting to have babies and stuff. so my, yes. I know, little do I know I've become my mum's travel partner which is great <laughs> my mum's cool but it's very expensive bringing her mum away because <laughs> no doubt she'll want to come to Bali after hearing this but I didn't <laughs> invite her at the start Um I think, yeah, just to be a family man. If the businesses are running good, like, yeah. just, you know, I hate that. It's like work in your 20s, craft in your 30s, enjoy your 40s. your 40s. Yeah. Or some, yeah, it's cheesy Instagram. Bro, <laughs> but as I, I just like working. So maybe yeah. it'd be nice to meet somebody, set a family yeah. up. And I think, like, build a home. I'd like to make, my dream would be mm-hmm. to build a house. Like, yeah. not just buy a house. Like, build a house like in the yeah. or Rat Michael and... I want an indoor, half outdoor swimming pool. Yeah. So I don't even care because that's going to take to do. <laughs> Two
0: invites for the lads here when yeah. this house gets built. Like, yeah. we're coming out. Absolute yeah. session. But it's really interesting because, like, I'm asking this and it's kind of going back to, you know, when I meet people who are really happy or seem to be very mm-hmm. happy and are fulfilling lives that, you know, make them happy or they're kind of chasing a purpose or they have a dream or a goal that they're their kind of definition of happiness or success never really filters around money or kind of like you know um superficial riches i suppose yeah. like oh i want to get a bleeding you know bmw or whatever or i don't drive away this so i don't even yeah. Ford fiesta to me like yeah. it's all the same but it's interesting that you know you're like oh you know just you know be happy maybe keep the business going travel have a family do you know what i mean like yeah but yes to somebody that doesn't know you they're like shit. he's got a totally together and he's really successful so it's kind of my thing of that like happiness and success is to the person you know in your own yeah. mind but also it's really about you know doing what you love and and spending every day being happy or you know around people that make you happy or doing something that makes you happy do you yeah, know what it's I mean? funny how
1: your, your values change when you're a kid or you think you see like oh somebody has a bmw mercedes or a rolex they're lovely things and i yeah. think their lifestyle amazing you know i'm just as happy wearing a h&m t-shirt as i am wearing a gucci t-shirt Yeah. And I only ever bought one Gucci's and I wasn't happy. In it. <laughs> but that that was me trying to be flashy. That'll go in. That's a funny story for another podcast. But yeah, I don't know, just being happy. and it's, it's nice yeah. to just walk around and have a clear headspace. There's mm-hmm. so many people that just don't have that luxury. It's not even a luxury, is it? It's like, a, I don't know what, the, what well, it is. Well, it is a luxury. Is it, yeah? it
0: is a luxury, Sean, because if you are in your mind, if you have realized that the nine to five, the rat race, will not make you happy and will not leave you fulfilled, then yes, that is a luxury because not many people have the luxury of thinking like that. So yeah, I feel okay. that if you're in that mindset or head, it, once you get into that headspace, you can't get out of it because you always know what feels good or what doesn't feel good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you quit everything now and you, someone comes to you and goes, right, we want to offer you this big fucking flash job in bleeding London and yeah. you're going to run a team of 700 people and we're going to pay X amount of money you're like you're probably going to do it. you're like this is deadly but you find yourself in an office looking at a computer screen for 10 hours a day you're going to be wearing like a
1: Rolex, though, wearing a Rolex though
0: Where a Rolex looking out at your Ferrari out the, the, Ferrari out the uh, window you know what I mean
1: <laughs> what I time
0: is job? it where's the champagne I don't at? even
1: wear a watch <laughs> you know, that's, that's when you really know you're really you've made it yeah. you don't need a watch,
0: <laughs> don't need a watch. There's, a, there's a guy standing next to Sean now he tells him the time every 10 minutes yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped but he's gone no <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, so it is it is really really interesting Interesting. But uh, one thing that I always love to ask people that come on as well is, um, how would you like to be remembered?
1: Um, how would I like to be remembered? God, that's—it's not more, but is it? Well,
0: <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. But <laughs> yeah, also, well, I, I have a fascination. It totally is, actually. See, I have a thing with like where it comes from. For me, is
1: what's their sign to you? Leo. Okay, not that I know fuck fire, all about their
0: sign. Time. I'm a total definition of a Leo. Um, but where I always think about it is, like I have the I'm um not an emotional like you know vault of you know a tell. People everything, but I believe in that. Like when you love someone, you should tell them. When someone annoys you, you should tell them. Obviously, not be like you know, yeah, creating murder. But like, do you know what I mean? You should be tell, spread your emotions. You should be honest, truthful. You know, a good person, the whole lot. But I always like get fascinated by funerals, where it's like this opportunity where people like talk about how wonderful you are and share stories okay. about you know um, stuff that you've done and and things that made them feel good or impacted them in some way that you maybe wouldn't necessarily, you know, like, so someone goes like, I remember one day that you turned around and you said to me, blah, blah, blah," and it's always stayed with me and it always reminds me of you. You know, shit like that. And I love that. And that's stuff that you get around a pub table after like eight points of Guinness. we're like, I remember. Or, you know, you're telling stories. I
1: kind of do get, yeah, I mean... I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I've always seen that episode of Friends where Ross fakes his death to see who comes. Yes. <laughs> and I've thought about it. Obviously not, but I'd love to see who would come and what they would have to say. So yeah. Sorry, I do. He was tell crying. Like that, yeah, I was,
0: want yous all in the front row. Why didn't you tell row? me that then?
1: Or, yeah, why didn't you say it to me? And, and I hate that. Yes. You,
0: yeah. You How, know?
1: I think just to be a nice lad, good, good friend, and I don't know, like a bit, just a bit of warmth in the room. I don't have BDE, you know, which yeah. I was told a while ago. That's BDE? Uh, big dick energy, right? <laughs> Fuck me.
0: Uh, like, Did you know what that means? Shane nodding. Okay. I got a little bit of that myself. <laughs> so one of my best friends has it and. <laughs> well, he caught the uh, disease, didn't yeah.
1: he? <laughs> and I, I kind of get it, but it was just. A, he lives in New York, so it's I mean, it is a very cheesy, whatever, yeah. wanky term. But when he comes into the room, it's like. It, it, there's a much nicer way of saying it, just like. You get that good energy. But yeah. I think I do bring good energy where Absolutely, I go. Absolutely, yeah. But I don't have it. The, the BDE. I don't think just yeah. <laughs> because again, I'm quite shy. But this guy is like six three, so he's already intimidating and big. Yeah. And I don't know. Just just be a good ball of energy if I can. Maybe I'll, I'll change the BDE to something else. Please do. That's yeah. a terrible
0: term. I'm not welcome on this podcast yeah. Oh no! I'm banned now. This is Absolutely. Um, but just
1: yeah, nice lad, pretty friendly guy, and good family member. And yeah, yeah. I'm a great son, by the way. I just know that. I abso- really and you know what and kid. before
0: we finish like uh, the relationship that I mean I I don't I like don't know your mom at all yeah. but I can tell that you've got a really good relationship where and that's you know yeah. obviously that's something that's very important to you
1: yeah she so she's I'm obviously Shawnee B and but we call her the Queen B yeah. right it's, that's what's her second name is Brian but um, she's great she's she's a warrior she's a mom, and a dad she's six kids we've never won to find all her kids are great mm. and she's just she's she is like if not my best friend, one of them, right? Because there's, there's times, my mum actually works with us now, which is kind of crazy. So I'm technically her boss. Yeah. So I'm just like, what times you got <laughs> Tense
0: Intense this? times. But it's,
1: I couldn't trust anyone more. And she has my best intentions at heart, yes. as she has done from the womb up to now. So as, as much as I can, like, I'll try and bring her away or do things yeah. for her. But again, it's nice to go and do nice things on holidays. But yes. sometimes a phone call means more to her or a text because she might be having a bad day and yes. I get so caught up in work mm. and so I have lost relationships with just being work, yeah. work, work. Yeah, I think my mom is just, she's always going to be there but um, well, you know what I mean? You don't know when someone's going to go. No, and absolutely. what a great person to have. She's done a great job raising me so I'm going to try and, you know, look after her as best as I can. Amazing. She'll definitely have the West Wing of the house in Dock, you, know, like <laughs> you know, and she can use the swimming pool on Sundays and Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's such a that's a lovely note to leave our, our podcast on. All the heartstrings of all the girls will be like, "Oh, this is amazing." I know, but she's. I'm
1: definitely using this to my advantage <laughs> right away. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. He's
0: so- a lovely guy your mom's like well, am i going to bali though what's happening yeah. that's where you're going in january yeah. isn't it? you went to bali amazing yeah
1: i went to a gym over there and did yoga and i've never gone away and gone to a gym like yeah. 32 <laughs> years just usually a to portugal yeah, or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. it was amazing yeah. best best time i had and they let you drive mopeds with no license
0: yeah see I, i'm dying to go to thailand that's my thing i want to mm. go to thailand for but i want eight weeks where i can just go and
1: i've eight days no yeah. joking, that's yeah. that's all I can take away, the yeah. joys of being, well you're self-employed so it's yeah. like, you know, but the joys of that, that's all I can go with, yeah. but that's heaven to me.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, what's the flight over though?
1: 20 hours in total.
0: Fuck, could you not just go to bleeding Sligo or something, <laughs> <laughs> no, Do you know, take I, you three hours to get there.
1: Wait, I went to, where did I go, not to go, keep on around, I went to, I did, uh, I want to do Karen Tool.
0: yeah, so yeah, I yeah, haven't yeah. done that, I yeah, only did yeah, yeah.
1: Crow Patrick, and that was like nowhere near as hard as, it. so yeah. I started off small and. Yeah, Kerry I'm going to go to Kerry for a week as well before the year's out
0: Do you where I was in um, I was in Kerry I was like I was in Kerry I was in Castle Ge- Crap, Castle Gregory which is 20 kilometres outside of Dingle Nice Yeah just like two weeks ago and it was the best week of my life Yeah like, so I'll do that I don't have
1: to go to Bali but I just
0: Absolutely Bali. Yeah no go to Bali if you can go to Bali 100% um, But listen thank you so much for coming in Thank you for having me So when is this talk
1: The talk is November the 13th um, and and tickets are 15 euro the link is in my bio <laughs> i sound know, like such so, an influencer. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. four people are going whatever um and it's going to be on in the shop i think at the minute but Brilliant. hopefully we'll move the venue but it's yeah it's just good way to anyone wants to know about the pros and cons actually of business yeah. and no hold barred so
0: it's i'm definitely very gonna transparent go. i'm going to be you. there yeah. i will be there and it's very interesting um, to get you on because about two years ago I had like a oh my god I'm fucking failing and everything in life this is not going to work I have to fucking leg it now and had a moment of what am I going to do and I was going to do a barbering course (laughs) I was going to become a barber. (laughs) So I was like I'm gonna become a barber And then I can travel Anywhere in the world And just barber my way To your life It lasted about Two or three weeks And I was like I'll just keep At this whole Yeah no, you're doing, I think you're
1: doing Very well for yourself So <laughs> well so done mean, It's thanks. a credit to you.
0: But I am gonna uh, Go down to um To your talk And also maybe I'll do a few interviews In your shops Yeah. That'd be Dude, dead. We're so always now. looking for locations, so that'd be cool. But thank you very much, Shawnee B. Uh, pleasure. And uh, anyone who is interested in finding out more about Shawnee, go to your Instagram. It's yeah. Shawnee B. Baby. <laughs> it's Baby. <laughs> yeah. And Cutting Sew, obviously, is on Instagram as well and all social so check it out. Great. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day. Thank you.